0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into to Non-Cultured. Before we get started, I want to point you at a few things. We have a website at noncultured.net. Uh, you can go there to check out things that we've written. You can also get the podcast there. And also, something we're really excited about, we're going to start leaning into more our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ronnie Barrier. That's R-O-N-N-Y-B-A-R-R-I-E-R. You can go there if you want to see our Let's Plays and different like critiques of games and things that we've been doing. We're planning to do a lot more there, and we would love to get you subscribed and ready to go uh, listen and watch our awesome content. And now on to the show. Hey friends, welcome back to Non-Cultured. We have two exciting topics for you today, but first, if you have any feedback or any questions about either the format we're going to try out today, or just the content that we're going we're gonna to produce here, uh, please hit us up at Ronnie underscore Barrier on Twitter or at Vanderwheels. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we feel like this show should be an interaction, not just between us, but, but between you as well, because I'm honestly kind of getting tired of talking to Gary um, and would love to bring some more people in on this. I don't blame you. Oh, Gary Vanderweel is here as well. Hi. Hey, what's up, buddy? Nothing much. I'm,
1: <clears throat> I'm going to go cry in the corner for a little bit.
0: Yeah, what else is new? So I am Ronnie Barrier. Across from me is Gary Vanderwiel. as I said. And this show is non-cultured. The show where we talk about whatever the heck we want with absolutely no consequences. Yep. Yet. Nope. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've, yet. We've, got, we've got to add the yet because we, <laughs> we know it's coming eventually. But our two topics today. First of all, I would like to talk about the importance of setting... In a game, and by setting I mean kind of the world that you're in, uh, possibly the history, just the things that are built around it. Forks on the left,
1: knife on the right. What? Like table uh, setting? Did you ever have? Did you ever have to take etiquette classes? You were the absolute worst. I'm going to flip this table and go home. <laughs> that's that's a bad setting. That's not. That's a very you bad setting.
0: That. So what really brought this up? Uh, we've both been playing different uh, Assassin's Creed games. You've been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate which takes place in, I think, 19th century London. And I've been yeah. playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which takes place in ancient Egypt. Um, and just, we we were kind of uh, volleying back and forth, like how important the actual place is for how these games feel. Because I think I've brought up Assassin's Creed Origins before on, on this podcast, but I'm not a huge fan of the combat or the way the game controls or things like that. It's gotten better from the last Assassin's Creed games. But the reason I want
1: to keep going back to it is because the the setting is so cool. Are saying so you don't like <clears throat> the combat system? Combat system in Origins all that much? It's all right because it feels a lot. Di- it's a lot different than it's, other. It's very different. It's like going from Syndicate to right. Origins. I was like, ah, but I, I'm not.
0: I'm a big fan of well of character action games like uh, Bloodborne or Devil May Cry or Ninja Gaiden things like that. Things that control extremely tightly um, and. Origins just feels a little too loose, a little messy for me. And you know, it can be with, a little choppy. With the nature of a of an open world game, it kind of has to be that way. You know, the more choices you have, the less control they're going to be. Um but yeah, just what I really found so cool about Origins was the ancient Egyptian setting. Like uh, I was trying to think and there really aren't too many games that that utilize that setting. I don't know if because it's cliché or whatever, but
1: it's cliché because it's so unused. Like cliché in other mediums. Like you uh, see gotcha, so much yeah. of ancient
0: Egypt and, and other things. Um, then again, if you were going to accuse the video game industry of being something cliché is probably one of the ones you would, you would jump to the most. It's, it's very much a uh, backpacker's medium. You know, look at all the Battle Royale games coming out right now because of for real uh, PUBG and Fortnite and all those. But uh, no, the setting in Assassin's Creed Origins, um, and by setting I don't just mean the place, but the time period... Uh, how people treat each other, um, what happened in the story to kind of make people that way right before. Um, Because they're in the the middle of kind of a revolution with Cleopatra and and the Ptolemies and all that and Assassin's Creed Origins. And it just provides like a a super fertile ground for change. And if you're going to be telling the story of the origin of this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a cult, but this Assassin's Guild... You know, your mileage may vary depending on who you talk to about it. Um, but if you're going to be talking about the origins of this giant movement that spans millennia, everywhere, then, yeah, this is a great <laughs> at all times. This is a great place to put it in. So, also, fun little side thing they just released on Twitter yesterday because someone broke the news by selling a keychain. Looks like the next uh, Assassin's Creed game is going to be called Odyssey, and it takes place in ancient Greece.
1: Oh yeah, that's the, cool. The
0: only video they showed was some dude like this is Sparta kicking another guy off a mountain. And it just said Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So that should be fun. How legit was that? Oh, no, it it was from Ubisoft. Oh, really? Yeah, no, yeah.
1: Like someone... It wasn't a Canadian Walmart that accidentally put something... I I don't know if it was
0: Walmart. (laughs) It was some retailer that was selling his keychain that said Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And so they released that quick teaser. It's like, yeah, that's true. Did you see that story? They ruined it. There was like... Canadian Walmart? There's like a Walmart
1: in Canada that like, I think put up Whether in the brick-and-mortar store or online, yeah, put up something that we're we're supposed to.
0: It was probably some, like, database intern who was just putting stuff in and didn't know that he was, like, posting public Mm. things and not, like, private updates to the web page. And so he broke, like, Rage 2, uh, Forza Horizon 4. (laughs) Actually, Forza Horizon 3 just came out. It was the last one. And then he said Forza Horizon 5 was coming out. So there's something weird going on there. It just... They posted a lot of things that may, they may or may not be true, but it looks like a lot of them are. And there was another leak yesterday that talked about Dragon Ball Fighters coming to the Switch, as well as Overcooked 2, and a few other things like that. So there's there's been a... This has been an especially leaky year for E3 this year. But uh, yeah, back to... Um, we talked about setting in Assassin's Creed games. Kind of tell me how... I haven't played Syndicate. How does that kind of inform the storytelling or the gameplay or things like that? It's It's the... London setting, right?
1: There are a lot more real life settings that are brought in because you know, it's more proximate to our history. Right. So there are there's characters like Karl Marx, Charles Darwin, yeah. Um Charles Dickens. Right. Uh they have a Jack the Ripper side mission.
0: I know like Assassins Two had like uh Leonardo da Vinci and things like that, mm-hmm. but
1: so they, so they're able obviously to bring in some of the those elements. Yeah, um, it feels like a almost like a, a perfect. I, I hesitate to use the word perfect, but it's a really good setting for an Assassin's Creed story because it lends itself to some of the play style. Yeah, you know, like climbing and stuff, which I still. Some of the climbing in Assassin's Creed drives me crazy. Maybe it's just because I'm bad at video games. But it's uh, not it'll, because you're bad at video games. Obviously, like, the, I'm trying to climb this. The climbing controls. I want to go down.
0: The climbing controls have been, like, notoriously bad mm-hmm. in those games. Like, if you go back to the first one, it's close to unplayable because they did, like, the. I can't remember what they called it, but, like, holding the right trigger was, like, the intensity system. And so, like, you're climbing up a wall, you hold right trigger, you climb faster. Or you're just running, you hold. And they had, like,. Each button was another limb, like X, Y, A, and B on on Xbox would all be different limbs for your character. And they tried some interesting things, but no, the mm-hmm. climbing in those games has been pretty bad for a while. Origins actually made it way better. It's
1: it's it's better in in Syndicate, and also you get some equipment that makes some scaling some of these bigger buildings better. You get almost like the um like the back claw, yeah, which obviously
0: helps. Yeah, that. That old uh, the grappling 19th century London staple, the bat
1: claw. Yep. Uh, and you know who gives you that? Bruce Wayne? <laughs> no. If I remember right, it's Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> he's like chill, <laughs> chilling in London. Hey, I'm in the telephone. Can... Also, yeah. here's a bat claw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he's just like an inventor, and they, they found this piece of equipment, and he's like, let me fix that for you. You're like, okay, well, sure. <laughs> Neat. I, I do appreciate how they managed to work. I invented the telephone and also Batman. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> I do appreciate how Assassin's Creed has always managed to work in those historical figures. I mean, a lot of it's nonsense. Yeah. But just the fact that they put an effort to do those little things. Um, I know there was a lot of conservative people up up in arms for Assassin's Creed 3 because they had like an alternate history. If George Washington was a tyrant, it was called like the madness of King George or something like that. Um from what I heard, it was actually a, a pretty interesting idea. I didn't, I didn't play that one, but um, I've always I mean, how appreciated you, how they kind of
1: can't get offended at an alternate history. You would think, but like Wolfenstein
0: is like you're if, not allowed if, to
1: say you can't
0: be offended at something anymore because that's true. They, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of angry <laughs> people on the internet. In case you didn't know, true. Um, but no, I have always appreciated how they've they've managed to work in some quote unquote historical figures. Uh, with these games, so um, how does how does the setting in, like inform the story in in Syndicate? Uh,
1: I mean it's um, I'm not kind of I don't have all the Assassin's Creed lore kind of yeah. like
0: straight. Well, just just in particular for this game, what do you think the setting does for it story wise?
1: Story uh, wise, um, well. The, the most unique kind of storytelling element, I think, in Syndicate is that it follows twins. So, you're following uh, a brother and a sister. Okay. And it, they, it kind of infor, informs the story and playstyle. So, the brother is much more of a fighter once it go get stuff done. Yeah. The sister is much more of like the archaeologist type person. And she's kind of kind of more following in her father's footsteps and so she's actually more interested in finding like the pieces of eden okay um and so you have um you know the the brother who wants to kind of start his own gang and fight and so that kind of uh works together um and the set the setting's kind of interesting because it's you know middle of the kind of like the industrial revolution okay so uh you have elements like um you know, there's a lot of building and stuff going on, so they get at times like construction workers get down into these vaults, and you go down there, and you're like, "Oh, this this is a relic of a past uh, assassin, yeah, or a past uh, Templar." Um, and also, you have you know like children working in factories, and so that also is like you go gotta go uh, for these children. So there's you know they actually use some of those like okay like uh, the industrial revolution kind of yeah booming growing city. Now that I think um, about I it, I haven't gotten your your place in London, and yeah. so it's all of London And London's sectioned off yeah into like more difficult areas and not and you can go of course it's open world you can go wherever. Yeah, but it's like like, hey, you're gonna get your butt handed to you if you go in here right now.
0: Yeah, I feel like now, now that I think about it, there's almost every Assassin's Creed game is placed in uh, a spot of of great turmoil. Mm-hmm. Um, like Assassin's Creed Unity is the French Revolution. Syndicate seems to be in the Industrial Revolution, like you said. Um, so it it, I think the first one is during the Crusades, but. I think placing a game or placing anything uh just in a time of great change lends itself best to to story beats and gameplay beats. It's like, hey, here's this new thing called like the steam engine. Like, mm-hmm. how do we utilize this to further the cause whether that be find these pieces of Eden or or build our gang or hey, there's there's this bat claw. How do we use this to fight <laughs> crime? <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think the setting of a game has much more bearing than we think it think it does, Mm -hmm. and Origins really um, reminded me of that. In that, like, I was I was trying to pinpoint why the game was so addicting because I'm like, I'm not combat's fine, exploration's fine, but I just I want to spend time in this world, and that's not a feeling I have very often in games. When I
1: first saw Origins, I was like, I I was thinking to myself, you know, it's an Assassin's Creed game, but it's in ancient Egypt. You're gonna you're gonna lose some of those elements of you know the climbing and stealth, but yeah, I feel like it's it works though. Yeah, because there's it, it's a it feels like it's a much bigger world. Yeah, and you have different um, and there. I feel like when there are really tall things to climb, it
0: makes it more special. Like true. running around in I think it's Siwa, the first area. It was just almost like Egyptian swampland, a little bit where where the slums are. Um, but then you end up going to Giza and climbing the pyramids. I mean, that's that's a really cool feeling. Um, and I I think they're aware of how cool their setting is because they actually added a I can't remember I think it's it's like guided tour mode or something discovery mode. Um, you can play as a bunch of different characters inside Origins, and it's like a walking museum tour. But you can go to Alexandria and walk through the library and hear all these audio clips of you know the you know the burning of the Alexandrian Library and things like that or. You go to the pyramids and you walk inside. Then they talk about what certain chambers were for, and they do a really good job of like making this a place that we've seen way in the future, but that was actually lived in in the time.
1: Does uh, does Origins ever jump to modern day?
0: Um, I'm going to give slight spoilers here for Assassin's Creed Origins, if anyone cares to know. But um, yes, it's one of Bayek's like long lost. Not long lost, long removed, like granddaughters. Um, she's she found his, his and his wife's corpse. Uh, They're buried next to each other, and she was like trying to figure out something for her company. But I honestly, I feel like the modern day stuff has been the weakest of any of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, I th- I'd, I'd just like I, I'd, I'd rather spend
1: time in in I the Assassin's a, world. I think it's an interesting way to jump into the world, mm-hmm. but you don't want to jump out too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all like, it's always you, and you know, uh who who makes Assassin's Creed? Ubisoft. Ubisoft I Ubisoft like should want the you know, the the world that they actually created to be yeah. You know, they they should want that that too. Um but it, it isn't I think it's always an interesting way to jump in. I don't know. I don't I don't think that's necessarily a, a, like a weak point for yeah. me.
0: Well, I mean, they have it, it was a it was a long-time trope in I'd say it was. It still is in games, especially RPGs, for the main character to have amnesia. That way they have a reason for people to explain everything to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the same way with the Assassin's Creed games when you had Desmond in the first two games or things like that. Like when you have a normal person in our world, they're an avatar for the character to say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's why you need this information. Here's this giant exposition dump without making it seem weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are more and less elegant ways to do that. I think that kind of started as just their uh, as just their method for getting you into the character. But I think it's kind of become a crutch. I wish they would just stay with the actual. Okay. Because, like, I think of Assassin's Creed 2. I think of Ezio. I don't think of Desmond or whoever it was. I think it was still Desmond in the real world. I think of the guy I'm actually playing as in the game. Mm-hmm. And I could name them much easier than I can the the people from our time. But, I don't know. It's a cool idea. I just don't think it's utilized very well.
1: Yeah. You think now that you kind of you kind of get the point, you kind of get what the assassins are, and what they're about. <laughs> a little bit. There's there's some funny anecdotes in there. Like
0: uh, if you've played any of the other Assassin's Creed games, um, I can't remember if it's the Ring of the Middle Finger, but uh, it's it's always been a like a ritual when someone becomes an assassin and gets their hidden wrist blade that pops out where their hand is. Um, they cut that finger off. It's just like a sign of devotion to the the what I think is a cult. But devotion to like the the Assassins Guild or whatever, um, the origins of that are in this game, and it's actually pretty funny. It's just I can't remember exactly what happens, but uh, again, slight spoilers for for the game. But I think at one point, bike is putting on just doesn't know how to use it and just pops the blade out and accidentally cuts his finger off, and he's like, "Oh crap!" And so <laughs> and so it started as just an accident of screwing his hand up, but it became like an initiation into yeah. the into the into the guild. So I thought that was pretty funny. I've enjoyed things like that more than I have. Mm
1: -hmm. uh the the other real world stuff but yeah seeing like uh i feel like origins was a little bit heavier than other games too maybe because that maybe that draws from the the main character himself as opposed to syndicate where they're a little bit more lighthearted. well the main character story is yeah bayek is pretty pretty goofy and there's a lot of
0: humor in the game Mm -hmm. like he walks up to some guy i can't remember who it was he's like a quest giver Bike just walks up to him and is like, "Hey, bike, can I offer you a drink?" And he holds him out a glass he's been pouring, and Bike reaches for his other hand that has the jug in it and just grabs it and like starts pouring it on his face. <laughs> like, there's there's still a lot of humor in the game, and yeah. Bike is like playing with his friends' kids, and he's a nice guy. But it's definitely dark in terms of how the game starts and and things like that. But I've actually noticed it to be a little lighter, really? than other games. It's it's just okay. It requires maybe less- because I didn't. Maybe I didn't get out of his hometown, that that first oh, yeah. city. Oh, it really expands after that. Like, once you get to Alexandria and Giza and all those, it's a lot of really cool settings. But um, I think it, it feels lighter, and I think that makes it easier to jump into. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of just want to jump in and, like, run around and do random quest objectives. I don't really... I'm not really that into the story. I just enjoy being there and, like... I feel like Assassin's Creed, the original at least, was always pushing back against me to where you really need to be on your toes constantly all the time. This one is more just kind of fun running around and enjoying it. So I maybe it's just what I in, in particular look for in an Assassin's Creed game because I'm not too attached to the franchise. It's just I want something fun to play. But I don't know.
1: That is one kind of sometimes frustrating things about Syndicate is there is as a rival gang. Yeah, and before you take over, it's a. The London's kinda is divided into sections and every section has like a, a boss. Yeah. Um which that sometimes that's, you know, someone who controls the trains, sometimes it's someone who controls like a particular industry. And so yeah. that's kind of reflective of the, the setting as well. Um but before you take over those sections, the, the rival gang, the blighters, yeah. are like everywhere. It'll just be walking through, you know, they the Assassin's Creed thing, like they like come up to you and like are like suspicious of you mm-hmm. and sometimes they attack. I'm like I'm literally just trying to walk from yeah. point to point. Stop attacking me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I found the same thing in in Far Cry 5 uh really? which I've been playing, but like the, the game is a lot of fun to play, but once you like it's almost like getting like the 5-star wanted level in GTA, but once you get to a certain point of pissing off that area's general, they start sending all their soldiers and helicopters and things <laughs> at you and they shoot you with, like, sleep darts, and you've got to do this whole other story side mission. I'm like, can't I just go choose to do that? Like, I just want to have fun and, like, shoot random stuff, blow up this cow over here, and you're trying to force me into this shoehorn story. That's the opposite of what this game should mm-hmm. be. It shouldn't It shouldn't be you have to go this. It's go do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, I remember I, I only spent a few hours with Far Cry 5 yeah. so far, and... I uh, had someone's truck and like drove into this town. And it's like the townspeople were like, okay, here we go. Like the uprising's starting. I was like, wait, what? It's just like I drove to this town. All of a sudden, it's like crossfire everywhere. Yep. So I was like, well, I, I, guess, I guess we're liberating this little town right now. Yeah, Yeah, there, there's
0: a little too much real railroading. Um, it might just be rose-colored glasses, but I think I enjoyed Far Cry 4 a lot more. It's just, I mean, again, I think the setting, I'd much rather be in the in the Himalayan mountains than in Montana. It's just – if you're not going to do very much exciting story-wise with, like, the, the cult and everything – I haven't gotten to the end. I've heard the ending is pretty cool. If you're not going to do exciting stuff with that particular setting, at least make the area more interesting. It's, mm-hmm. like, evergreen trees and rivers, and that's pretty much it. Um, so I think I prefer Far Cry Four setting It'd quite a bit a more. It would be a pretty real place to be. <laughs> it would, but that doesn't mean it's the most fun to play around in, so – all right, Gary, I think we've, we've kind of covered this topic. We're about 20 minutes in, so why don't we take a quick break, and then we'll be back with your topic. Cool. We are back for our second topic. Gary, what do you have for us? Moon Knight.
1: Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, long-time listeners... <laughs> we can say now. <laughs> hey, we can say, yeah, we have 25 episodes. We can say
0: that. Yeah, I mean, this is the
1: big number 26. It has a life. Yeah. But way back when, I mentioned that uh, the former lead singer, or I guess, lead singer of Say Anything, Max Bemis, was uh, taking over as writer for Moon Knight. And so the, the first collected edition, of the, the trade paperback of, of his uh, first five runs uh, or first five issues that's come out. Um, so I, I, I read through that and, uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much you know about Moon Knight, Ronnie. I, I've read a little bit.
0: I've read one of the Omnibuses, I believe, but that's yeah.
1: it. Um, so I'll
0: moon, let you tell it cause you know him much better. Yeah. I
1: mean, Moon Knight's kind of a, a, a weird character and he, I think it could be hard to, Follow along with him in all of his different runs sometimes because uh, he seems to get reinvented a lot. Yeah. And that's because his um, ultimately his strength is his uh, mental illness that he has. He has a DID, yeah, um, dissociative identity disorder. Uh, and so he's actually three, sometimes maybe four different personalities. It's kind of to tell I've always kind of seen
0: him <clears throat> as the marvel version of batman combined with the joker like yeah. <laughs> think of batman who kills people but also is just kind of yeah. crazy out there
1: a very yeah violent batman but yeah some of the same type of uh fighting style essentially he's not super human yeah uh, necessarily and i, I don't know it's been like
0: it's been put out there and also it could – that's the thing about this character is when you have mental illness, you can do pretty much anything you want with the character and say he was imagining it or it actually happened. But uh, apparently he maybe could get stronger like with a full moon, but he might just be imagining that because like the god that's in his head or maybe isn't in his head is telling him <laughs> to worship the moon and that, that um, kind of stuff. So,
1: so it's kind of – yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell what's actually real there. Yeah. But he does have – so – Moon Knight came to be Moon Knight in Egypt. Yes, uh, when he nearly died, uh, and he was at the foot of this statue, and he—that <clears throat> was all that was there. So he prayed to the statue, and the actual Egyptian god responded to him. His name is yeah. Khonshu, and it was the moon god. And so that's why he is perceived to gain his powers from the moon. He's like uh, Khonshu's like avatar to yeah. to do. Or his maybe Khonshu's so. not
0: real, and he's just imagining it. Or maybe, yeah, <laughs> it so, could
1: be in his head. But in in this run, he speaks with him in his head, but he also speaks with all the all the identities speak within his head. Okay, if that makes sense. So, that's, so he's full on beautiful mind in in this one, and he like summons the <laughs> the different personalities based on what he needs to be doing. Or that's crazy. Or so that's what I was saying it's kind of that's kind of his superpower right now. Um, so uh, one is like Jake Longley is kind of crazy and more violent. Yeah. Uh, and the, throughout the run, he's kind of saying, like, I don't want to unleash him. It's almost like yeah. violent Hulk. Like, I don't right. want to let this guy out. Uh, Mark Spector is the the first uh, identity. Which is just he's a great kind name. kind of more normal. Yeah, Mark, Mark Spector. Spector is a great name. Uh, and then... Oh, man, I'm going to blank on the the third name, but he um, is is uh, Richard. Right? Yeah.
0: When your main character has like four names, it's okay to forget one. Every yeah, it's of hard a
1: while. to hard to keep up. But it's it's interesting it's this this run. So Beamus's first edition or first uh, issue was 188. Okay. And Moon Knight's actually not in it at all. Hmm. He's he's spoken of, but the the whole protagonist of that issue is actually the villain. And it's, it's, this is what kind of was interesting to me and kind of, it's kind of a slow start. Yeah. But it was interesting to, to enough that it doesn't feel slow. And it's you, his brother, you, you right? See how it's going to play out. No. Oh, okay. I thought that's what you had talked about. In the yeah. Past. Well, it talks about a family. I don't remember if it was his brother or not, but it, it ultimately not. Yeah. Didn't matter. Because he sees himself as the avatar of Ra, okay, Egyptian god as well. Is that of the, of the sun? sun? Yeah, yeah. I get so
0: Ra and Horus mixed up,
1: and so you get you actually get. Uh, it might seem a little on the nose, you know. Like it Moon Knight's the avatar of the yeah. moon god, and so his arch nemesis is well, going to be. If there's one thing comics have always been, it's subtle. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but it, it works out. Um, Because the the villain, uh, which is, he's just referred to as Patient Eighty Six, yeah, is meeting with a therapist, and, and as he's as he's talking, she's like, "You kind of remind me of Moon Knight, essentially," and is describing right. Moon Knight. Um, and uh, so the 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 villain like embraces that, and so he starts reading up on moon night in Egyptian lore and stuff and mythology and he comes to realize oh I was given my power and ability by Ra. Yeah. And and there's been this battle down through the ages between Ra and Khonshu, um almost like the kind of like a, a balancing act. Yeah. Uh, so Ra was all about like power and control and and Khonshu was about uh, like justice right like making things right. Okay. And, and kind of addressing that that power. And so it kind of, as Moon Knight and he's called Sun King fight it out and kind of uh, face each other, there's the bigger fight going on. Yeah. Konshu and Ra. And so, Interesting. Um, it it leans into Moon Knight's psychosis a little bit, but in a good way. And it's, it's crazy that Moon Knight is crazy. It's crazy that Moon Knight is crazy. It's crazy how, you know... No one, not not no one, but not many people suffer with DID like right. <laughs> Moon Knight does. Yeah, it's so he's so pretty relatable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give all the story beats away. Right, but like he finds out things about his family that he's like, oh man, like <laughs> I didn't know that this happened because another personality did this. Yeah, and, and so it kind of um, plays out there. Yeah,
0: anything with insanity or, or DID or something of that nature, you can. That's so you can stop guessing what's going to happen because yeah. like the the possibilities are endless. It's it's like the time travel of mental illness. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever said something like that before. <laughs> that was probably insensitive. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> uh I do feel like this uh this collected edition almost wrapped things up too nicely. Okay. I, I I don't want it to be that way. I okay. don't want like these characters' issues to be resolved. So I hope I hope they they go back and revisit it and they, and more can be done there. Um, but there's another, another interesting villain yeah. <laughs> that, that is included in there, and it's his power is to make people see quote the truth, and it kind of makes them crazy, like and they kill the, them. The actual truth or truth he wants them to see it's kind of hard to tell, I think it's maybe the truth that uh the people affected believe but never wanted to admit okay it's like things that they're hiding from themselves, yeah okay. or like, from others like capitalism is evil and punk is dead and uh genocide is deserving <laughs> deserved by humanity, like stuff like oh, that dear heavens and uh and they go crazy, so that kind of you know those those kind of uh kind of like psychological villains are, are pretty yeah. interesting for, for Moon Knight, I think. So I think there's there's a lot of good setup that was done. Okay. Um, and I hope some of these characters stick around and they, they kind of lean into this story a little bit more. Yeah. All right, I have one last question for you on this Moon Knight run. What? Is there any Taskmaster? No. Dang it. There is a... Uh, there are other villains brought back, but... I love Taskmaster. And master. other characters that haven't been seen for a while that are brought back, but... Yeah, not Testmaster.
0: testmaster is is fun because he's less ideological, and just when something goes bad, he's like, "Oh, I'm out of here." Like, see ya, peace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just a fun villain to have around. Yeah, um, cool. Any closing thoughts on Max Bemis' run of Moon Knight? What, what's it called? Is it just Moon Knight?
1: Uh, so the the issues right now are 188 through 193. Okay. The the trade paperback is uh, Legacy Volume One. Okay. Uh, crazy runs in the family find it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like what I'm saying like it's hard it can be hard to get into comic books because the numbering system. 188 to 193 ed- Crazy Runs the Family and... Moon
0: Knight Legacy. Yeah it's it's very difficult. I'd, I've i never been good at remembering authors or I remember like once volumes are completed like I know you know Batman Hush, Batman Nightfall like I can remember that easy but I can't remember issue numbers or which you know some people have very particular styles. so if I see Frank Miller style I know immediately that's it or if I see something like that but it's it's hard to it's hard to judge that especially when you're on the outside looking in and you've always been much more of a
1: comics head than I am. I'll stick to the video games. <laughs> There's Maybe it's because I don't have to be good at comic books to enjoy <laughs> Like, I'm really bad at video games. You don't have to be good at video games that's to true. enjoy them. You just got to change your frame of mind. Put it on the easiest setting, Yeah, that's, like I
0: always do. I do that with my life. I play it on easy. So, yeah, any, any closing thoughts about this run? Or are you good to go?
1: No, I, I mean, I, I recommend it, It's um, if, especially if you're interested in the character. Like, this is probably a good jumping in point. Okay um you know for anyone who's kind of been interested in reading Moon Knight I've heard and I haven't read it yet but the the run before was also like really okay. really good so I'm I'm going to try to go back and get that I'm, I need to hop on Marvel Unlimited Okay give us the and title um, and author one more time The new one? Yeah, the one you just read. Max Bemis is the writer and the the issues are 188 to 193. <laughs> The collected edition is Legacy Volume One. <laughs> crazy runs in the family. Okay. I feel like you're making me crazy. Like you're like looking at me. Like
0: <laughs> it was a, it was a fun side effect. Honestly, I just for the listeners at home, I wanted them to be able to grab this if they wanted to. So thank you, yeah. Gary.
1: So there's uh, Max Max Bemis himself has dealt with some mental issues, okay. and so this was a, a really good outlet for them. Okay. There there's a there's one character in this story. That if you if you look at them, you can see that the artist kind of modeled the character after um, Max Bemis' wife, yeah, who is a, a singer in the band Isley, yeah. That all the Dupree sisters, there's, there's they, one character that you look at, you're like that soft round face and that pink bob haircut, yeah. like they definitely have a Dupree. style. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love Isley. I do too. Yeah, we went to an Asley concert, and that was a fun bonding experience. Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird for, you know, two bros to hang out at Asley show, but...
0: Dude, we're both married. We can do whatever we want. It's true. All right, well, thank you, Gary. We are going to take another quick break, and we are actually going going to come back and try out some new segments. So, stick around. Ooh. We want to try out some segments on you guys, so, Gary, it's time to get cultured. Oh, yeah. So the (laughs) kind of thought behind this. That's always
1: the best response to get cultured. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Wait, wait, I can do this better. Give me a sec. You know what I'm, you know what I'm going to do, don't you? I, I, yep. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Someone just closed out the podcast app and was like, I'm done.
0: (laughs) I love this, this mixer so much. So, the point of this segment is to both do something that we would normally not do. So, gary i am into comics but not nearly as much as gary is um but i am also way into anime and gary is not at all no. so the challenge this week gary you are going to watch an episode of anime and report back on it next week i <laughs> this am, is homework i am That's... going to read a comic that i normally wouldn't so probably something not superheroish, something a little bit out there um, I know there's like horror dark horse Or there's,
1: image comics. Yeah there's horror comics And
0: things like that out there I'll, I'll find
1: something interesting to read And I'll do that one Hey you know what What If you go down to our local Half price books Yes They've got lots <laughs> There's quite the collection Of Doctor Who comics Oh boy Well and I'm a Doctor I'm, Who fan So that I, would be something I'm, I normally and do And so is your wife We're here to and get so. cultured Gary We're gonna do something but,
0: Outside of what we usually do
1: But I mean Doctor Who comics
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true There's a lot of reasons I don't wanna read those So
1: but that's something you and your wife can enjoy together. That's true. So we sit ho- down and read a book.
0: We hope to get cultured this week and to bring some of that culture back to you guys.
1: Ronnie, what? Um, what should I watch? What should you watch? Yeah. Um, oh don't say Cowboy Bebop because I've actually already started that on my own. I love Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Um, I'd
0: say why don't you watch My Hero Academia? Because that's that's a little bit more of a. It would be a little more normal for you, because it's about superheroes. Okay. To me, it's it's super anime AF, but it's also... It's like an anime mix with Young Justice. Uh, so I think you'd enjoy it okay. a lot. So, um, My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia. So why don't you grab that, and I will look for something. And we probably won't, won't report on it next week. We're going to give ourselves a little time to kind of let this, this segment sit, but we will let you know soon uh, what we thought about these things, but...
1: Be Where am I watch My Hero Academia? There is a site called Crunchyroll. Crunchy <laughs>
0: Crunchyroll.com Not a sponsor, although they could be if they wanted to. Um, yeah, My Hero Academia. You hear that, Crunchy Crunchyroll? Roll.
1: You can get on the ground floor here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I will read some kind of comic that I normally would not read. Also, Gary, uh, as I fade out this fancy music here, I have one other segment idea. Um, we talk a lot about what we've been doing, what we've been playing, things like that. Uh, but... Having started our own podcast and knowing how much work it takes, we would like to highlight other creators as well. So, um, I'm calling this one Check It Out. Check It Out. I'll probably have some more jaunty theme music in here. But, uh, what I want everyone to check out this week, if you're listening, is a documentary series from a company called No Clip. Um, they are Patreon funded, so they're completely crowdfunded in what they do. Uh, but they do video game documentaries. It's headed by Danny O'Dwyer. Um, and uh, he flies to different game companies and tells the story about how they've been made. And these are not, like, little on-the-surface things. He did a three-part series on Rocket League, each episode being about half an hour long. He's got one coming up this Tuesday about the history of Bethesda, so they made Elder Scrolls and Fallout. And he he does the stuff at a very high quality. Um, or I don't, shouldn't say he, isn't just him. No clip does the stuff at a very high quality. And it's it's actually super engaging. They did one on like the rise and fall of Final Fantasy fourteen because um, they like they gutted that game down to the ground floor and completely remade it because it was so bad when they launched it. Um, but he does a lot of very interesting things. I, I loved his series about Doom, the new Doom by Ed Software. Uh, I would recommend checking them out. No clip on YouTube. And also, I uh, talk for a second. I on their it's Patreon. Pa-
1: yeah. So he does have a, a Patreon. As yeah. well,
0: I'm gonna make sure I, I get his Patreon link correct.
1: Yeah, Ron, Ronnie's uh, uh, browsing the the new iPhone. Did you get a new one?
0: No, Carrie did. I've I've got the other one. We she switched went, to T-Mobile. She wanted the
1: smaller screen. That's I, true. So I want a big screen. I just want a phone that works right now. My my phone is actually cracked down the middle. I feel like I want to get the glass shards in my finger all the time.
0: That's no fun. So I'm pretty sure here. On I'm double check, I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com/slash/noclip. So, if you type that in, yes, it will take you straight to it, and they have all their content on that site and on YouTube as well. But it's no I'd reco- clip, right? Yes, yes, n o clip. I'd recommend checking them out, Gary. Cool. Did you have
1: anything for no us clip. to check out? I did. So, like we earlier in the podcast, we were mentioning that uh, it, there's there's so many comics right now, uh, and and so many different runs, and it can be hard to know what's jumping in, and it's almost okay. <laughs> You know when you're in college. Yes, and and the kind of big thing about <laughs> remember that that the those four years that we spent, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, to do this to sit in your living room and uh, loving the you know, dream, buddy. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a big part of college is learning what to read. Yeah, uh, and it can, can can be hard to do that if I can talk right with comics. Like, hey, what do I read? Like, what actually is good out there? Uh, I have a podcast that can kind of help with that called Comic Conspiracy. Okay, so Comic Conspiracy, and it's a group of guys that I believe work in a comic book shop. Okay. If not, some of them do, and and they're able to read pretty much everything, and they kind of give recommends and stuff, and that, they'll talk about like the movies and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, so it can be, they that can be a helpful resource to kind of listen to and be like, should I, yeah. you know, jump in on this or not? Like, if I had the time <laughs> and the money, I would pull boxes and, and you know, do that myself, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, their language is saltier than ours, so... <laughs>
0: And we have very salty know, language. It's out of control, Gary.
1: Sailors up here. Gosh um,
0: darn it. Also, if you want a good comic recommendation, I heard Moon Knight, issues 188 to 193, Legacy Collection, <laughs> Crazy in the Family, is also a great one to read.
1: Yeah, yeah sure. You Did they get that. all that right? Yeah, no, no. Oh, dang <laughs> <But> it. close. <laughs> I tried my best. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, please give us your feedback if you like these new segments, or we can try something else. We are open to suggestions. Uh, we just want to... Make this podcast the best podcast it can be. Be the podcast you want to see in the world, Gary. (laughs) I don't want to be a podcast. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. You can, of course, uh, always reach me at Ronnie underscore Barrier and Gary at Vanderwheels um, and also at our website, nonculture.net. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.